Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of amazing nonprofit executives and partners who are building the industry of tomorrow. I'm your host, Lowell Applebaum, CEO of Vistacova, where we partner with organizations on strategy and visioning and good governance practices. It's my absolute pleasure to have with me today, Kayla Waller. Kayla is the president and CEO at the Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Kayla started at the chamber after graduating from college. Within the year, she was hired as the president and CEO. Kayla, we're so excited to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So we always like to start these conversations with a little bit of a check-in on strengths. I have three little ones at home, so we frequently talk about superheroes. And I'm just curious, as you think about your own journey and becoming a CEO, what do you think is one of your superpowers, if you will, one of the places that you have great strength? I would say my organization um, and attention to detail, you know, I've always been very, very type A when it comes to making sure that things are organized and all together and every single thing is on my calendar. I have my staff and family members that are always, you know, saying, oh, you know, Kayla's the organized one, send it to Kayla, she'll keep it. But it's one of those things that if I wasn't as organized as I am, I would not be able to keep up with everything that I'm doing on a daily basis. So that has Mm -hmm. definitely helped me not only in this job, but really in any role that I've ever had. Do you feel like, I mean, whether it's this position uh, or the chamber in general, do you feel like things are busier now? Is there more to keep up with? You know, I've only been at a chamber for a little over two years. Um, I would say the last year or so has been extremely busy, but we've also been changing things and just trying to make sure that we're working efficiently and keeping up with, you know, similar chambers and similar associations, make sure that we're doing what our members need from us. So I think we have been really busy the last several months at least, but one of our big focuses for the coming year is to make sure that we are working efficiently, more of a smarter, not harder type thing, you know, just to make sure that we're not wasting a lot of time doing something when there's an easier way to do so. So I love that. Uh, Smarter, not harder is a philosophy I think many organizations right now could really better embrace. Uh, Even if we're just at the beginning of the year, I'd love to hear a little bit about how are you approaching embracing that philosophy and making it an actuality? So we have a small staff. We have three full-time employees. It's myself, we have an office manager, and we have a director of marketing and events. So our chamber we have a lot going on. We don't just do events. We do all these types of things. So I needed one place to really keep up with everything. So I've tried some different apps and different platforms in the past. What we have settled on in the last probably year or so is Asana. And Mm. it's just a good platform for us to keep one-time things in there. So no one, you know, No one is unsure of what's happening. We can keep up with progress and updates all in one place. And we use some other different things too, just to keep us all together. But Asana is one thing that has really been good as far as keeping everyone on the same page, especially because we have multiple committees and, you know, I oversee some, my director of marketing events oversees some, the office manager oversees some. And it doesn't make sense time-wise for all three of us to be in all of those meetings. 
So whoever is the chamber representative for those meetings can just type up the minutes, send it to us, put them in a sauna. That way we can kind of glance over them, see what was happening, but we're not taking up an hour plus of our time trying to attend every single meeting. You know, I don't know. This is a little bit of a tangent question, but you, since you just went there, uh, I love the idea of sort of a universal adoption of a platform so that there could be harmony throughout the organization. Uh, as you were bringing on Asana or trying to get there to be a, an adoption, not just a, sounds like amongst the three of you staff, right, but also amongst volunteers and committees, just any reflections you have on the challenges or how you approached, right, getting everyone on board with using the same platform because change is not easy. It's not. Um, I have a also a kind of a tangent on the topic. Um, yeah. When I was in college, I was part of this women's health and fitness organization. And when I graduated, I took on a leadership role with them where I oversaw four different college chapters of this organization. None of them were anywhere close to Virginia. They were South Dakota, California. They were all over the country. And that organization used Slack to keep track mm -hmm. of everything. And within Slack, each team could communicate within themselves. They could communicate with me on the national level is, is kind of how they refer to it. It was unbelievably difficult to get a group of college age women to use this platform. So I would constantly have to beat into their brains. You know, I don't know that you're having these conversations unless I can see them in Slack. And I don't necessarily agree with the approach, you know, for every organization, but for that type of organization, they're in California. They, at the time, they were not getting their work done. It's a lot easier for them to communicate, supposedly, over text message, you know, things like that. To me, Slack and text are the exact same thing. If I get a text notification, I can get a Slack notification. Right. So I had a lot of practice for a couple of years when I was in that role trying to get people to use a certain platform. So when I brought on Asana for the chamber, I was just very clear with my staff. And again, we're very small. It was only two other people, but I just kind of told them, you know, I think we need a place to keep up with everything so we can, you know, all three of us can look at things. We're not constantly having to Google chat each other and say, hey, what about this? What happened to that meeting? You know, we can just go in there and look at it. And my staff did a really great job of embracing it it's something that I would kind of have to remind them every week or two, hey, don't forget to put that into Asana. But after a few months, it really did stick, and I really think it has helped us. It sounds like it was being getting across the threshold from, you know, a tool to a habit, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's when it becomes easier. You know, you were uh, mentioning earlier just about the dynamics of your chamber and other chambers and other local associations or organizations. Uh you know, we, we hear a lot in here about leaders and the necessity of having greater partnerships and relationships with other organizations today. Just curious your perspective on, you know, as you think about critical relationships for the chamber to have, how do you approach delineating, like, who's a partner we really need? Is there a competitor out there? Like, how do you approach organizational relationships? So this is something that I have made a priority since I've been in this role at the chamber, just because, you know, everybody wants to help the community, especially in such a small town area, such as Bedford, 
everybody is trying their best to provide whatever resources they can. They want to do events. They want to do all types of things to help the community and help the citizens. But it would be so much easier and it would really be more successful if we kind of paired together and grouped our ideas and our time and our effort together rather than all of us trying to basically accomplish the same thing but do it separately. So since I've been in this role, I've really tried to look at what partnerships we have and which ones might be valuable for us. Personally, when it comes to looking at what organizations or associations that we partner with, it goes back to our mission and our strategic plan. Um, the chamber is one of those things. A lot of people don't really know what a chamber does. So if they're unsure about something, their first step is just to call the chamber. So it's really easy for us to overcommit ourselves just because everyone comes to us asking us for things. So we just look back at our mission and our strategic plan and try to figure out what makes sense for us in this time. And I always say, you know, I'm never closed off to an idea. If we have an association that comes to us and they have an idea that doesn't fit our strategic plan and our mission at the time, I might say no for then, but the door's not closed. I'm always willing to keep the door open and keep brainstorming. And if it is something that can, you know, be valuable to our chamber and our members, then I'm always glad to look at it. I love that consideration uh, as someone that helps organizations do strategy. The idea of like the strategy and mission guiding sings to my heart. Uh, I imagine that many of these conversations or perhaps even within your organization, uh, you walk in the room and there's people with different years and levels of experience. Uh, as a newer CEO uh, and one that has years of experience ahead of her, I was wondering if you just have any reflections or narratives of what's made you successful in those situations. You know, I, I think I've always kind of gone towards leadership roles and things that may not seem to make sense at the time as far as the leadership and experience and things like that go. But I was working very young and I did internships and I just wanted to learn as much as I could and take examples and advice from people who have been in the workforce a lot longer than I had. I was so lucky to have a mentor that came in as our interim president CEO for six months. She was the CEO of our local hospital for 20 years. So when she came in, she was able to help me with kind of the overall, this is what a CEO does. Here's kind of long-term big picture, what you need to focus on. And then I was able to help her with, well, here's what our chamber does on a day-to-day -day basis. So we were able to work together so well. And I think that's another thing as far as, you know, different generations being in the workforce. I heard a statistic a while back that there are more generations in the workforce right now than there ever have been before. Sure. Yeah. I think that a lot of people Consciously, subconsciously, they kind of have negative feelings towards people that are in a different generation than them, especially when it comes to the workforce or technology or anything like that. But there's something to learn from every generation. There's something that we all do well, and there's something that we all do that's not so great. So just being able to have an open mind and take that advice and resources from different people, it's been so beneficial for me. Well, and I imagine, you know, a chamber of commerce in any location, you represent the full gamut, right, of the 
comp uh, the businesses and the workforce in exactly. your area. So I mean, my guess is you're you're navigating that within the role you play in the of the chamber as it's trying to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have about 400 members in our chamber, so I'm constantly, you know, meeting different people and working with people from. We have some, you know, young adults that are still in high school that are trying yeah. to start their career or looking towards options of what they can do in the future, up until people that are retiring that we're celebrating. So. You know, I really work with the full spectrum of people as far as ages go, and it's it's very interesting, and it's, like I said, it's just great to be able to hear everybody's advice and resources. Do you have any reflections in terms of the intersect of that diversity on the volunteer leadership of the chamber? Uh, do you see any trends from your community of different generations wanting to be involved or how they want to be involved? Is there any struggle with that? Right now, you know, at least at our chamber, we we do a pretty good job of having a good array of people. I'm thinking about our board of directors right now. We have some people that are close to retirement on our board, and we also have some people that are in their mid-20s or so that um, joined the board. I do think the younger people especially kind of need an extra reason to be a part of things sometimes. Um, and it may be COVID and staying at home for so long. A lot of people, I'm seeing it a lot in young people, they want to go to work and then go home. They don't want to have to do anything between those two things. You know, they don't, they don't love the after hours networking or anything like that. They just want to go home. So, you know, we do have to kind of decide you know, what the best route to take is on the different um, generations on our board and, and volunteer-wise and things like that. But it's something that we're trying to just work through daily, just as it comes up, depending on the group, we figure out what works best for them. I like that. And uh, I think that the echo of that little extra incentive is probably, probably a very true one. You know, we always in our conversations with our rock stars, it sounds like that there's a continual journey of learning and growth all of our leaders are on. As you think about the years ahead in your own leadership journey, are there any specific places that you're looking to grow or new skills to get or refine that you think is going to help you as a growing leader? Absolutely. I, I'm always looking for additional options as far as learning goes just because I don't ever want to get into the place where, or the mindset where I'm like, oh, you know, I've had, I've been in a president role for five years. I, I know everything, you know, I don't want to get into that type of mindset. So I'm trying to constantly expand what I can do to learn. As far as specific skills, communication is always a skill that I think people can refine. Um, I, was very, very quiet and shy as a younger person. And the idea of standing in front of a crowd and having to speak was my You're the CEO of a chamber now. I know. And it, there have been so many times since I've started working at the chamber where I have to do like press conferences, if you will, or, you know, yeah. talk to um, different radio um, stations and they'll do stories about it or talk to the newspaper and I'm having to do all these things and, you know, I'll get phone calls from my family and they're like, oh, your third grade teacher saw you on the commercial earlier. She called me to tell you. 
And it's just so funny because it's kind of one of those fake it till you make it things where like I was not comfortable doing those for so long. Yeah. The longer I've had to do them, the more comfortable I've gotten doing them. Hmm. Do you find, I mean, if you reflect on your own journey as you've gotten to the place and now you're doing these things that the younger self probably would have looked at them and been like, no way. Uh, mentors along the journey, any specific experiences? Like, what do you think were the accelerants that got you here? Really, the the mentor um, that I had at the chamber, she was just so good as far as really pushing me to say what I was feeling and give my opinion on things. Um, when she came in as the interim CEO, we were experiencing a lot of transition at our chamber. There were a lot of things that were kind of up in the air. We weren't really sure how we were moving forward on a lot of topics. And she just had to be very honest and say, Kayla, you know, you are doing this every day. You need to tell the board what needs to happen. And just, you know, she was just really good about encouraging me to speak up about things that I needed to speak up about. And she would always go back to when she was a young CEO of the hospital and how she was always in a room and it was normal. She was normally the only woman in the room and she was normally much, much younger than everyone else. And because of that, she would stay quiet and she would keep things to herself. So I think it was a really good opportunity for both of us because she was kind of giving me the advice that she wished she had 20 years ago. And she was able to help a young person at the beginning of the career hear the things that she wished she had heard when she started her career. I think that that tees up probably a great place as the time is running out for me to ask one last question, which is, as others are listening into this, and they're not yet CEOs, but they aspire to be someday. What advice would you give to them in terms of their own journeys uh, that they should stick to pursue or think about? I would say just, you know, remember where you're trying to go. Always learn as much as you can. I, I'm a huge proponent of lifelong learning. So whatever you can do to continuously get new things in your brain is just amazing. Also networking. I I get it. I'm introverted. I would much rather go home to my puppy after work than go to a networking event most days. But the connections that you can make they're all the difference. Yeah. You know, there are so many people that I have met in this job and being a new person to the area, I never would have met most of these people. So just going and making those connections, you really get to see how things happen for people. Because when you're in the, in that circle of people that are like, oh yeah, you know, my son's girlfriend, this, and I know a person that can do this for you. You really get to notice you have to be connected to make a lot of things happen. So I would definitely encourage trying to network and get out there as much as you can. I love that. And I think the, the only reflection I would have is that maybe you can marry to just bring the puppy to the networking event because then everyone's going to want to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> Kayla, it's been such a, a real pleasure uh, and insightful conversation. Thank you for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thanks, as always, to Amy Hager, who's moderating, helping have you have the great online conversations. As always, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in as we learn together in our Association Rockstars community. We look forward to 
having you join us next time as we continue our own lifelong learning journeys. Until then, Association Rock On.